I love doggy. Also, my ass is really fat and doggy. So, well, it's always fat. Um, to be fair, <laughs> um, but I just like can them. You, can you stand up for the cameras? <laughs> we gotta we gotta show the cameras this. For everyone who says I'm fat, fuck you. But God, 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 I need the board right. <laughs> Your wardrobe screams fatherless. Do you have more trust in that top side than people? How was your relationship with your father? Just saying, why is did you get the attention you wanted? You need Jesus. That's offensive. All right, everyone. Welcome back to That's Offensive. We are doing something different today with Spencer, Michael Barrick, slash Damon me. Dice. You know I've seen your dick. Have you seen my dick? Yes. In person or on camera? Both. Cause the, oh, yeah, you did. That, okay, but, yeah, yeah mm. both. He does have a nice dick, ladies. Hit him up. <laughs> Hit him up. If I wasn't celibate, I'd be writing that, but I'm celibate, so I'm not. Does the camera add a few inches, or is it like... I don't think so. No? Okay. No, but I was also like, when I was watching you fuck, everything was so intimidating. Have you watched people have sex like that in real life? Like, actually, like, having sex. Like, not like a... Because it wasn't really a porn shoot. It was kind of... Yeah. it It was like real sex, basically. Yeah. I feel like no. No, have I? Kind of like Kazumi's parties. I've de- no, I've I've seen people at Kazumi's parties, but I, I've seen people at Kazumi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, been, I've been one of those people. Actually, I had sex at Kazumi's last party. Really? In, in the TP. When was it? Her birthday party? Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, was it the one the castle one? Yeah, that that was the birthday party. Yeah, so I had sex in the TP at Kazumi's birthday party. Oh, is that why you were like, "Stay here, I'm gonna come right back for you," and you never came back? And you were <laughs> Do you just remember fucking. That? <laughs> I was. I like, felt bad. I was like, I just left the cripple girl. <laughs> Um, I waited like just, 20 minutes before I was like, okay, he's not coming back. I should go walk downstairs to see where everyone is. Yeah, I, I <laughs> he got, was like, I'm bringing everyone to you because you're on crutches. I got, I got kidnapped and uh, I got sexed <laughs> in, in, in the teepee. It was the first time I've had sex in the teepee. So that was, was that, that's where everyone was hotboxing, right? Yeah, there are people hotboxing in there. And me and the girl were like hooking up and then we just started having sex. And because uh-huh. there were people like sucking on titties and like there's other things going around yeah. on around us. It was supposed to be the tent for but sex. We just but- like we look up, we're butt naked, and people are just watching us like taking video. I'm like, we thought people other people were having sex. <laughs> we were so into it, we didn't realize that we were the only ones having sex in the TP. I was like, all right, well, we're here. Yeah. We're here. <laughs> there were people were like clapping for us. That was kind of cool. Dude, that just brings back memories when um, I used to date someone who was in a frat, and I don't know how to ha- have quiet sex, and honestly, it's been a complaint when guys have roommates. Oh, are, are you a moaner? I'm a moan. Well, I say, like, oh, fuck, like, just really loud. And um, Like, what makes, what, what gets you to that oh, fuck moment? Is it, like, that initial penetration, or is it, like, when, the, they're, when they're, like, hitting it, hitting it? Like, when they're what, fucking what? to 140 BPM, and I'm listening to dubstep while fucking them. Okay, so let's let's dig deeper into this. So, <laughs> on this episode today, we're digging deep we're, into... He's Adelia. interviewing me yeah, today. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm interviewing Adelia, so we're going to dig deep and really see what, what grinds your gears, what turns you on, what's, yeah. what offends you. We're going to go across a whole spectrum of everything. Uh-huh. So, when you're having sex, yeah. What's your what's your ideal music? What do you like to f- have sex to? Dubstep, 140 Dubstep. BPM. I literally want to make merch that says "fuck me to 140 BPM." Cause so, are you are you fucking at that at 140? Or are you getting fucked at that? Like, what's your preference? Are you riding it at 140? Or are you? I like, like doggy, but then we're both kind of like I'm throwing it back and they're. Oh, doing so you're throwing this. you're throwing it back? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I see. Okay. Because that's like the I, almost every time I've come from dick has been from doggy. I love doggy. Also, my ass is really fat and doggy. So, well, it's always fat, um, to be fair. Um, but I just like can them. You, can you stand up and show, show the cameras? We gotta, we gotta show the cameras this. For everyone who says I'm fat, fuck you. But, God, wait. God, God, I need the board right. 
<laughs> that's that's a nice that's a very nice ass. I, I can see Thank that. you. I've worked very hard for it. That's beautiful. Um, but I like doggy because I'm like I know they're turned on. I'm turned on because then I also don't have to worry about my stomach rolls. Like they're they're not looking at that doggy. Like if I'm on top, I'm like it depends on how comfortable I am with the guy. So do you like lazy doggy or do you like propped up on all fours doggy? Like are you laying on your stomach doggy or are you like being on your hands and your knees and like popping it out? I like all of it. All of it. Okay. I like, uh, I don't, I don't like being, uh, what is it? Like when you're just a straight bot. No, that's not doggy anymore though. Right. If you're um, just like laying all the way down. It's called like prone. Technically the technical name being an adult film star. It's called prone doggy or uh-huh. lazy doggy where the girl's laying down flat and the butts up. Yeah. But it's good because with that you're hitting different angles. Yeah. There's so many different ways. It's kind of like, kind of like jujitsu sex. Like there's so many different variations you can do. That it, if you hit different Raja zones, you're feeling different things. Yeah. So people really think generally that there's missionary, doggy, spoon, riding. Like mm-hmm. people are like, oh, there's like five positions. If you really think about it, I don't know if you've seen the Kama Sutra. There's no. fucking hundreds. There's thousands of positions. Yeah, because you so can do so doggy many- in so many different ways. Because, I mean, I count this as doggy, but it's like if someone is hitting it from the back, but you're like... Your stomach is on the bed, but like your legs are, it's like you're stretching. So are you talking like feet on the floor? Yeah, feet on the floor. It's kind of like you're stretching and then your back yeah, is that's, down. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I like that one. I like being on all fours, kind of like downward dog. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. But I also like it just when they're being like really aggressive, like not even necessarily like spanking my ass really hard. I don't know why I like being hit you in like my you, face more. Oh you're, oh, you're one of those. <laughs> but. I had to stop after I got my chin implant because last time I had a guy slap me really hard in the face, my whole face went numb. And I yeah. was like, I can't do that after you're fake and plastic. Like, yeah, it's, it's tough because it depends. Like, But I see you like hit me. You won't. And then a guy actually gave me a concussion once. But yeah, because like, sometimes like if you hit a, you can hit a girl too hard and you can get like I've, I've known guys that have like a girl's like hit me. They've hit a girl. They've like boxed their ear like the, not dislocated jaw, but there's oh been some God. like. I, I, I'm scared. Like, I don't want to catch an assault charge. Here's the like, thing. Having now, rough sex. I, I'll, I'll choke and pull hair all day. But when it comes to, like, hitting in the face, like, it's like. Mm. Well, I like to be slapped. Okay, slapped, not hit. Okay. But now I ask for, like, a light tap because I would much rather look pretty and not have my jaw be dislocated because that was the worst surgery ever. I had a lopsided smile for, like, four months where I could move this side and not this side. Oh, wow. So, so that it's was like really it looked like you had a stroke, huh? It looked like this for months. <laughs> so I can't be hit on the face anymore, but it's not even like I'm fucking, so. Okay. But, uh, no, the time I got, I think I got a concussion because I was like, slam my head against the wall. You won't. I don't know. I was fucked up. And then he slammed my head against the wall. But I was really turned on. And then I woke up the next morning with, like, a huge bump right here. You, you were feeling it at the time. Then you woke up next day. You're like, was that the best decision I could have made? <laughs> I for sure was into it. That guy, he, he loved me. Not, like, actually loved me, but I, like, stroked his ego so fucking hard. Because when I was drunk, all I would want to do is fuck all day, every day, everywhere. Oh, but so then you I, were just getting get it in with this guy. Like, you were, yeah, you were feeling it. Yeah, his ex-girlfriend hates me, even though we were never friends. She actually went on a podcast and talked shit about me. Was this, like, on Somali sex, or are you just, like, casual, like... The, the time the time I was, like, slamming my head against him, like, you, oh, God. I was on acid, Molly, That sounds like alcohol. there was some, some substances involved. <laughs> like, some, when girls start getting crazy like that, there's something else going on. Like, and there's some other substances that will give you a little more yeah. confidence in the bedroom. Yeah, but I was also so fucked up that at the club, I wasn't wearing panties and, like, my legs were wide open and I was, like, kind of clinging <laughs> onto his leg. But the nice thing is, is that he was into it. He's like, ah, oh, these bitches love me. Um, I was just so fucked up. I was like, oh, my God. I didn't really know what was going on. I'm like... 
just thought you were sitting in the zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what would you say your favorite substance to have sex on would be? What's your favorite thing to fuck on? Is it a combination? Is it one thing? Where's your, like, you're in heaven while you're just getting plowed from behind? Fuck, I feel like I used to love taking acid and fucking. Acid, tequila is obviously, tequila's like. Tequila's good one. Yeah. Tequila's always that's a like good the, one. That's, like, the universal, like, let's fuck. But now, I mean, shrooms are nice. The only issue is back in the, like, the last time I was really having sex, it was when I still had the mold poisoning, so I'd get dry mouth a lot or, like, just dried up when I was on mushrooms because I wasn't drinking water. Oh, uh, so is, is But I still like fucking on mushrooms, but now, but that seemed to be an issue while I had the mold poisoning, but now that I'm done with the mold poisoning, it doesn't seem to be an issue anymore. I don't get dry mouth like I used to. So is, is there such thing as dry mouth and dry pussy yeah Can you yeah get cotton pussy yeah yeah no that's like that's always and it's weird because usually i'm like really wet i've noticed that too it's like sometimes like you're smoking a good weed and then like it's you get the cotton mouth it's like all right not your your mouth is dry and you're put like yeah it's not it's not me i, I thought i was turning you on but then i realized like oh you, shit there's some like weed or like sometimes if you're drinking a lot like you can get in cotton mouth cotton pussy it's yeah. all you know they're all mucous membranes so it, it does happen i never used to have this issue before i got off birth control and now that i'm off birth control i'm like oh my god like Ugh, so just, birth control, like, it inhibits the wet wet. I was, like, like wet. On, wetter on it. I was so wet on it. But now that I'm off of it, my boobs grew a whole cup size. So I think this is the real win. <laughs> yeah, see that? Birth control stopped my boobs from growing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back on the sex talk. Because okay. the sex talk is pretty spicy, pretty juicy. We like talking about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's get on, on, on brand with that's offensive. What offends you? Oh my god, there's a lot of things that offend me. What's the number one thing? Like, what really grinds your gears? Like, what offends you in, in a person? I hate when people stay friends with people who are bad and make excuses for them. Like, the amount of guy friends I stopped talking to in college because they stood up to, like, people who sexually assaulted others with proof. But they're like, oh, he's not like that when he's sober. That grinds my gears so fucking hard because mm-hmm. it's like, if I have a friend who cheats, I will let her know or him know I think they're fucked up for what they're doing. Like, they know exactly how the fuck I feel. And I hold them accountable. So when other people are like, why are you still friends with them? It's like, well, I feel like I did my part. Yeah, that's good. Because a lot of people, they get reprieves. They get passes because they're in a group of friends. And, you know, people like to make excuses when they're under the influence. Like, oh, that's not me. That's not how I am. But at the end of the day, you're an adult. You made the decision to do that. Some people can't handle it when they're doing mm-hmm. drugs or taking substances and they fucking do crazy shit. Yeah. And they try to make excuses for it. Yeah, but so, there are no excuses. Like, if you try to fucking finger someone while they're sleeping, like, you need a... Yeah, I don't no, care how fucked up that, you that are. Is, that is sexual assault. And yeah. That's not cool, you know, sober, not sober, in any circumstance. Yeah, so I think that's my biggest pet peeve. And also my other big pet peeve that... I've been recognizing more is like if I try to set a boundary with someone, it's like I am telling you that I care enough about our friendship that like this is a boundary in our friendship. And then I've noticed with a lot of people that they'll get defensive and Do you be think like, they, well, try, fuck to, they you. try to push that. They're like, oh, this is your boundary. And they'll try to push it just to see how far they can push you. No, um, I remember I told my best friend last year that she hurt my feelings. And then she went on to say I was immature for having my feelings hurt in the first place, blah, blah, blah. And then I told her I needed space because I like I was not expecting that kind of reaction for saying, like, I told you this was going to hurt my feelings. You did it anyways. And then I'm letting you know, like, yes, it actually did hurt my feelings. And she went off on me. And like and I'm hoping you're not friends with that person anymore, right? No, I'm not. We haven't we haven't talked in a long time. And I I've had some of her friends come up to me saying she misses me, blah, blah, blah. But it's like I just can't get over that reaction. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's not cool. I'm just like if you set a boundary like this is just for everyone. But if someone is setting a boundary with you, it means they care enough about you to set boundaries in the relationship to make it Mm -hmm. healthy. Yeah. And that's something that I've learned with myself and my friends. It's like. 
one of the hardest things to do is to call out one of your friends because it's someone yeah. you really care about and you like always want to like be their cheerleader, support them, or, yeah. you know, have their back. But what I've learned getting older in age, it's like, you know, sometimes you have to call your friends out on their bullshit because no one else will, you know, yeah. because they want to like, oh, like, I don't want to offend this person. But I've learned from myself, even my own friends call me out on my bullshit. They're like, uh-huh. dude, you need to do this differently. Or like, you know, it's things fucking that up your life. It's, some, some, <laughs> it's like things you don't see and you don't notice because you're in your own head. Yeah. So if you're not on the outside looking in, like you sometimes you need someone to call you out. Exactly. And, and some of the biggest growing moments in my life personally have been like my dear friends like calling me out. I'm like, I would get I would get offended, like, oh, why are you calling me out? Like, why don't you have my back? And then you kind of like soak it in, like it is you know, them having your back. It is. Yeah. But like a lot of people, they're like they get defensive and they like they're not used to it. But yeah. like, you know, moving forward, you know, I put myself in a situation if I see my friend fucking up, like I'll call him out. Like yeah. I'll be like, yo, you're fucking up, you're being a dickhead, you're doing this, you're doing that. Like, it, it hurts. It hurts yeah. for me to say it. It hurts for them to hear it. But, you know, I'm trying to make them a better person. I'm trying to make them grow. Exactly. So, you know, that, that's something I've learned. It's like, even myself, like, the hardest thing, even harder than that, is calling your own self out on your own bullshit. Oh, my God. I have to do that constantly. But I have to, like, I get obsessive about it. And that's the bad part where it's like, I have this loop in my head. Like, you're a bad person because you did this and you wanted to do that. And it's like, I'll get in this loop. So I actually have to go easier on myself. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's tough sometimes because ourselves we can be our, our biggest critic yeah but it, it's like we as growing up you know we have our traumas and whatnot that we deal with but you become really guarded you become like you guard yourself to the max yeah so you you try to protect yourself you try to protect your feelings so you'll try to butter yourself up like oh I'm okay. like, everything's good but if you can really call it like having your friends call you out is one thing but if you can like really look in the mirror and be like you fucked up you're a fucking idiot like why the fuck did you do that oh, yeah. like that's like the hardest pill to swallow but at the end of the day if you can fucking take it from yourself, like, I think that's, that's to pile onto that. Cause I'm really good at doing that. My, the hard part is forgiving yourself. Yeah. So the forgiveness part is so much harder. Cause like you look in the mirror and you're like, you did this, this was stupid. You need to change this behavior. But then my mind gets in the loop of like, you're a bad person. Cause you did this. And then you bring yourself down it's instead of like yeah. working on just changing the behaviors and like forgiving yourself. Cause everyone fucks up. But, like, for me, my biggest struggle has always been, like, like I just got canceled online for um, the way Ryan cut up the podcast where he's like, how would you do small dick humiliation? And then people <laughs> were like, but then he cut that part out where it made it look like I was humiliating someone else's dick yeah. who didn't ask for it. But it's like I was just getting, like, really fucking frustrated with myself being like, well, why didn't I put two and two together that this is how this clip would look? I don't think anyone saw that that's how that clip would look until everyone started commenting that. And it's like if this was even a few months ago, I would have gone in, like, a downward spiral. The the power of editing because there's a lot of things that you'll say in public or on podcasts. The way you say it, the context, when it comes out edited, it can be completely different. Oh, yeah. And I've been on the wrong side of that, too. It's like I'll say something and the way it's edited, it's a complete – 180 of what I said I'm like oh that sounds terrible but it's not in context of what it really was yeah like when I do that kind of stuff it's usually like in very good spirit like my friends Adam and Alana I interviewed them and they're a couple and I was like who was your celebrity hall pass but like they answered really like chill Mm -hmm. so I added like a long pause where it like zoomed in on Adam's face being like will I get in trouble if I say this but it's like he's chill it's not like it looked bad okay we'll we'll, uh we'll dovetail on that so who would your celebrity hall pass be who's your celebrity crush i wouldn't have a celebrity hall pass because i think everyone who is a celebrity like i don't know i just Do you have a celebrity crush any any celebrity you just like i want them to fuck the shit out of me or i want them to men tyler the creator 
has been my celebrity okay. crush since I was like Tyler. If you're hearing this, yeah, <laughs> I, I really think he would bully me. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll find Tyler. We'll, we'll get this clip to him. We got Hi, you. Tyler. <laughs> um, he's one of my, he was like my first celebrity crush aside from like Justin Bieber when I was in middle school. Oh, but, like, yeah, Bieber's is like default. Like, yeah, yeah, but like Tyler was like my first actual mm-hmm. celebrity crush because I've always liked the tall, skinny, sickly looking motherfuckers. <laughs> I've always liked the them. tall, skinny, sickly ones are the ones with big dicks usually. Too, yeah, that's right here. Honestly, like Pete Davidson would be my celebrity crush too. I do, I, I think it's, like, unhealthy how much he bounces around and dates around, though. So it's, like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, like, fizzling on that. As as Michael Sartain would say, he's a high-value male. He, yeah. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> I'm, taking, I'm taking one from Mike yeah. Sartain's book talking about high-value males with uh, good looks. Yeah. You know, like big dick, and he makes a lot of money. So he's in the 1% of guys. But also, he treats women good. Like, that's the difference between him and a lot of other men is, like, he listens to women. Like, I remember Kim I'm sure, on, I'm sure he makes them laugh, too. Yeah, makes them laugh. Like, a lot of girls, like, genuinely nice guys. We just don't like pushovers, and that's yeah. the difference. Yeah. Like, I love a genuinely kind person, but... The genuinely, like, I, I've r- dated a lot of men who are, like, head over heels in love with me. But, like, anything I say, I'm a very opinionated. I expect people to disagree with me at some point. They, like, they change their opinions the second I said something. Like, oh, you're right. Like, no, uh, fight me. Oh, so they're just, like, giving they're, in, like, oh, They're yeah. pushovers for everything. And I'm like, yeah. no, you can have an opinion. Well, it depends. Like, some, some women like a guy that's going to, you know, basically do what they want, hear what they want, say yeah. what they want. And some women just want to hear it straight up. So I, I feel like that's a preferential thing. Yeah. But, oh, I just yeah, think it's like, like being authentic. Like they're not being is. authentic if they're pushing, o- like being a pushover and agreeing with me for everything. Like disagree with me. Like my friend Taylor, shout out Taylor Friedbush. But um, she constantly says, I tell you, what the fuck? But like I, I like to talk to her because it's like there is that. And she's made me realize a lot of stuff about myself. Well, you don't seem like a pushover. So I feel like you always speak what you what you think in your head like there's no there's no filter I should have more of a filter sometimes because I feel like it gets me in trouble because once I decide I'm done with somebody I'll tell everyone like fuck them I'm done with them they're (laughs) fucked up and then it can bite me in the ass sometimes because like the smart thing here would be the smart thing to do is to keep a business relationship and just be like if I see you I see you but then I I just feel like this deep sense of betrayal where I'm like, no, I want nothing to do with you. I don't want any like I feel like with you it's like seething out of you can't hold it back. No, like if you I hate can't. someone, if you have to stand for someone, you're like, fucking hate you. And yeah. you will let it be known. Like there's no like there's no I have no though. poker face. Like if I hate you, you're like Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't like someone, I'm just like, you know, I'm I'm cool. Like and the saying is you keep your friends close, you keep your enemies closer. You know, that's that always, I, I live by that rule. I don't have too many enemies, but like, I, keep my you know, enemies I know, I know there's people that, that dislike me for whatever reasons, but you know, you got to keep them close. You don't, you don't show your cards. Like you don't let them know that, you know, you know, you just got to play it cool, especially in our industry entertainment. Yeah. It's so, it's such a snake. It can be a snaky game sometimes. And like people are sneaky and so sneaky. Everyone's trying to like level up on another person. So I just feel like everyone is trying to scam me and that's what pisses <laughs> me off because like why, just why lie is my issue. Like if you don't, if you are working on something and there's a possibility it might not go through, be like, I am working on this. You know, it's 50, 50, like just give it to me straight. But people that lie to me and schmooze me and like upsell everything that, it just it feel it's dishonest. Yeah, I hate schmoozers. it. Schmoozers. I hate schmoozers. If you're a schmoozer, you're a loser. <laughs> For those of you out there that are schmoozers. Yeah. Not saying names. You know who you are. <laughs> so on the topic of interviews, since mm-hmm. we're doing an inter- one-on-one right here. Yeah. 
Who has been your favorite person that you've interviewed on your podcast so far? Oh my god, that's really hard. Maybe a couple. Who's like what stands out top of your head? Like who do you think about right there? Nikki Benz. Nikki Benz. She's, I loved Nara Ford's interview. I loved Kaylee Gunner's interview. But on the flip side, I also really liked this girl Chanel's interview on my podcast, but it's like the complete opposite of theirs. She was talking about her boyfriend, Rich Piana, who died, and like people were accusing her of killing him, and it was just like oh, wow, this yeah. crazy fucking story. I also So it turned into like a murder mystery type thing. Kind of, but like it, it caused her so much trauma, and like that is one that always sticks out. Like that is one of my videos on YouTube that has over 100,000 views. It still gets views every day um, because a lot of people know her ex-boyfriend. Yeah. I mean, I really, like, I loved some of the episodes where I, like, deep-dived in trauma, but I also really like the funny, lighthearted episodes because, like, I mean, I will watch a whole one of my episodes through when it's, like, light and airy, but, like, the deeper episodes, I do have so to take gotta, some like, breaks. Like, I need, to sit, I need to sit by myself. I need yeah. to be quiet. <laughs> I need a candle. I need some mood, moody, mood lighting for this one. Yeah. Okay, breathe. I'll watch this. What about Nikki? What really, like, what, what's special about her? What, what did you see about Nikki that was really just, like, impressive? Since she's she is, she's so such an OG funny. in the game. Like, what, what about Nikki? Oh, my God. Just, like, a lot of her stories. Like, I feel like she doesn't have shame like I don't have shame. <laughs> and I really do appreciate. Uh, 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 See, no shame. No, no shame. No shame. As she said, no shame. Yeah, that literally smells like what, whatever we just drank in. Taquitos. Uh, oh, uh, shout out to uh, Wiz Khalifa yeah. and uh, McQueen in the Violet Fog. We just drank some of his, uh, his gin. It was really good. It was Not. actually disgusting, but thank you for the free alcohol. <laughs> I'm a Jose Cuervo kind of girl, okay, guys? We're, we're out of tequila, so yeah. we'll be good the gym. I'm sorry, Wiz. I still want to be your friend. I just don't like your alcohol. I like it, Wiz. We're cool. <laughs> yeah. But I, I love, like, the people that are just so shameless, and they can talk about things, because society always tries to tell us that we should be ashamed about things. I don't think mm -hmm. we should, and that's also, like, I oh, I loved interviewing Kazumi, obviously, too. Oh, yeah, she's... But, yeah, she's, she's like a spitfire, but... I mean, people tell her all day, every day, like, you're gross for what you do. You should be ashamed for what you do. And it's like, she doesn't feel that shame. I don't feel that shame. I feel like the only thing I really feel ashamed of is my weight. And people like to comment on mm -hmm. that all the time because I'm so open about my past eating disorder. Yeah. <sighs> and, and even with Kazumi, like, when I first saw her come on the scene, like, I knew Kazumi as, like, the girl that got gangbang. Yeah, yeah. And even me, I was like, oh, that's gross. Okay. So, like, no, no, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I'm going to where, like, People, I even catch myself judging a book by its cover or what I see on these clips on the internet. Yeah. But, like, as I've seen her develop as a person, as an entrepreneur, as a performer, like, I've, I've seen her, her career progress and getting to know her personally. Yeah. I can have the complete opposite feeling of what I thought. Uh-huh. So, like, a lot of people, their first impression of someone like Kazumi, it's like, oh, she's a fucking whore. She gets gangbanged. She's but, one of, like, the smartest people I know. Little, little do people know, people in our industry know, but Kazumi is w one of the smartest marketing business minds I've ever seen in my entire life. And yeah. I've been working in business for over 12 years now. And like, I am super fucking impressed. Like I've been in the adult industry for 10 years. I've not seen a single person kill the marketing game. Like she has, like she has an extra gear that fucking is unmatched and she should be teaching fucking classes and lectures on yeah. the shit because she's like a fucking wizard. She'll be a professor one day. Yeah, I so literally screenshot her stories where she talks about the marketing she does. I'm like, keeping this in my back pocket, <laughs> keeping this in yeah. my back pocket. So shout out Kazumi. You're yeah. fucking, you, we look up to you on what you're doing. You're I, very, I really do. Yeah, she's, she's like a G. Like I thought I knew a lot about marketing, but I'm learning new tricks from her like every day. I'm like, you know, know. it's cool to be able to share you know, different ideas and like not everyone has everything figured out, yeah. but she's making, she's putting the effort to figure things out Yeah, because she doesn't have someone teaching or coaching her. She did have Tiana Trump. If you guys know who Tiana Trump is, teach her how to give blowjobs, who is the, the 
the throat goat. So she uh-huh. did learn from the best on that one. I don't know if you know who Tiana Trump is. I Kazumi told me about that. Yeah. I, I need to learn how to give. Honestly, I've been getting better, though. I've been practicing on my dildos, especially during lives. People have said I've improved. So who knows? So what would you say your blowjob skills are like? Oh, God. How, like, what's your, like, are you... Are you going full dick? Are you deep throated? Are you going the balls? Like, or hands? Like, what's your, what's your force? So, what would you say? So, coordination has always been my biggest struggle. So, what I've been working on is my coordination to do this with my... <laughs> it's, it's baby stuff, so okay. But I've been working on the coordination for, like, when I'm blowing that I can, like, be doing this at the same time. But that was really hard for me for a long time. But what I try to do a lot... Um, <laughs> Something that I just recently found out from a sex coach, not Kristen, but another sex coach, is this part of your tongue, like the underneath of your tongue, is softer than the top of your tongue. So if you can, like while you're sucking, try to like make it the upper part of the tongue because it just like feels softer and Mm. like do uh, different kinds of pressure, like different sensations at the same time. So incorporating the hand, doing the balls. But again... I'm not saying I, this is all a learned skill. I am working on it, okay? I just know what I have to work on to get there. <laughs> but now that I do, like the TMJ is doing better, I can open my mouth so you more. Can open a little wider? Okay, yeah, because it used to be really hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, would you say you're better eating pussy or sucking dick? Eating pussy, a thousand percent. I've only had one medium pussy review. She didn't say it was bad. She said it was like medium and that I could be better. But I was also in an orgy and I was really overstimulated. Oh, yeah. There's an orgy. There's a lot going on. So it can be really tough to really focus. I've had other girls say it was like really good, but I don't know. They could be lying to me. So what's your what's your go to for eating pussy? Like what's your what's your what's your stroke like? What's your, you know, do you have any tricks? I mean, I mean, I me me being someone that doesn't know anything about eating pussy. I want to know like. Oh, okay. You don't know anything about eating pussy. Okay. (laughs) Well, something that I always try to do, and Kristen taught me this, is I, well, you also said this on your podcast with me, but it's like you kind of kiss everywhere but the pussy at first. So kind of like try to overstimulate. And something I do, I don't know if it actually feels good, but I know when people do it on me, it feels good. So I try to do it on other people. But it's like if I kiss somewhere, I'll kind of like blow on it after. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It feels good to me. I get like the goosebumps. So you like just the teasing aspect of it. That, but Do you like to be teased and you like to tease? Like, do you like it when you're teased and like someone's not digging right in? They're just like. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. But then when I'm actually eating a girl out, something that just makes it so much better for me, so I try to do it to other girls, is, like, lifting that skin, especially because I have, like, a fatter upper pussy. Mm-hmm. I, like, lift the skin is, a lot. Is that, so is, that a, is that a fupa? A fupa. I think I have a fupa, yeah. <laughs> I, I literally look in so many pictures because recently I've been noticing it a lot more. And I'm like, my vagina barely fits in a fucking bathing suit. Wow. Yeah, so if you, like, Usually lift. Usually fatter pussies are, are wetter, so that's what I've learn from my experience of, of, of vagina and yeah. my, my, my vagina journeys. I've learned that fatter pussies are your wetter. So, you know, it's, it's give or take. There you go. Sometimes um, little ones, they just, they just can't carry moisture like that. So, yeah. So it gets very wet down there, but I think it also depends on if someone wants me to go slow or if they want me to like go fast because everyone's sensations are different, more pressure, less pressure. But like I have had a girl almost kick me in the fucking face. So I knew I was doing something right. Oh yeah. When they're squirming, you know, you know, you're doing something. Yeah. But it's like, I like to like flick my tongue. Like, (laughs) so can you tell if a girl's faking it? Yeah. A thousand percent. A thousand percent because I, one, I don't ask them to fake it Two, I mean, sometimes in during a scene, I can tell a girl's fucking faking it. I won't say who, but there's one girl that I keep filming with, (laughs) but it's like, I will barely start. Like I have not even touched her nipple yet and she's screaming and I'm like, okay, well I, I just know that that's fake. I've, I've had that situation before. Like, at least I, I barely wait, touched, a few I'm like, what, how you how you moaning? Or, like, I didn't even touch you. I'm like, <laughs> I'm on to you. I'm on to <laughs> I'm you. I'm on to you. But it's like, 
Three girls. It's not like I've eaten like a lot of pussies. I've probably eaten about 10. Oh, 10 pussies. Okay. I've had two medium pussy reviews, but one of them was suffocating me. She kept wrapping her legs and like. Oh, it's just one of those. It's just. I couldn't breathe. How was I supposed to eat her pussy if I couldn't breathe? Okay, so two medium pussy reviews because I'm like, I kept trying to like. Yeah, that's, you know, it happens. Yeah, it happens because I need to breathe. Like, bitch, I can't do my job if you're suffocating me. <laughs> I've had a girl like give me, put me in a headlock with her legs. Like, she's like coming. Yeah, I'm that's what like, she was doing. I'm turning, I'm turning purple. I'm like, <laughs> but then I've had at least three or four girls like actually thank me afterwards. Like, that was great. Something I haven't done because I just like don't know if girls like want to, like I don't know like so I, you haven't eaten a booty no I'm not eating a booty I don't I don't know that that'll be a next step for me okay so eating but, the booty um, is like next next level yeah for okay but like I also haven't eaten a girl till she like actually came because I'm oh, like so you've kind of okay got it I mean like it's like we tease each other but once like the video is like a certain amount of minutes or whatever I haven't eaten a girl um off screen but I do still consider myself really bi but it's also like I try to gauge, like, what the girl wants, like, because sometimes they just want to, like, shoot the scene, like, or coming can be really hard, and I I don't know, it's like, you need, I need to discuss this beforehand, because I get nervous. It takes a while, unless you're using, like, direct stimulation from a vibrator. Yeah, yeah. For most, for most women, I'm speaking of, like, sample size, like, most women, it takes time for women to to come. Even when Kristen ate my vagina. Five minutes ends, like, usually not enough. Ten minutes, like, you need to put in the time and the work. Like, 20 minutes. Like, there's times where, like, I'm eating pussy in my... Like my jaws getting sore, my tongue's like yeah, I'm, I'm running right. out of gas. So it's like all right, my tongue's in sore. I gotta use more cheap, more lips. Like start rubbing <laughs> my beard in it, my nose. Like we're digging in. Yeah, like anything. Like that's I mean, another thing too. Even like, Kristen, when she ate me out, it was like ten minutes, and I almost came. I was actually really close, but I didn't actually come because like. Did you fake come? No, I I don't really believe in fake coming. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't like fake cum either. I'll tell a girl, I'm like, because I can tell. Well, okay, I mean, okay, if I'm doing a countdown with a guy, I'll fake cum. Because it's like, I'm trying to do the countdown for him if it's like a JOI. Okay, yeah, for but, sure. But it like, depends on the context of it. It, it depends on the context, because if it's a JOI, like, they want to come at the same time as me. And that is, like, the one time I'll fake it. But otherwise, it's like, if I'm squirting, I am actually squirting. Yeah, that's, Like, that's my real. first squirt last night... It was like a little mini, it was like a mini squirt. And I was like, oh my God, that is so embarrassing. But then my last two were like, or my, yeah, my last two were like volcanoes again. And I'm like, phew, I thought like, I was going to have, I'm back. Although it does great on OnlyFans, but again, in real life, it doesn't, it doesn't hit. Yeah. It, it depends. Again, it's uh some people like the squirting thing. Some people don't. It's really a preference. And also it depends on the person. Like some girls, I like their squirt. Some girls, eh, it's just yeah. it's a case by case. I've only had my squirt smell like pee twice. So I think I'm doing something right. If you're hydrated for the most part, it comes out. Yeah, so I'm so hydrated. If you're, if you're squirting, don't drink coffee before because it comes out smelling like coffee mm-hmm. or <laughs> asparagus. Oh, I... Dude, I actually wanted to do an experiment because I'm Don't, a girl who it, loves asparagus. It'll, it'll, it'll smell it'll, like asparagus. That's what I thought. It'll, it still comes out smelling like asparagus. Coffee asparagus. That, that's just Ow. like, that's a boner killer right there for me because we can, yeah, that's. I know. Honestly, ooh. there have been times where my pee smells worse than my poop because of asparagus. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. That's, but I love asparagus, but. <laughs> Anatomy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Craziest sex story. Okay. I don't remember this at all. So, but did it happen? I was told it happened. Okay, cool. Yeah, but I fucked in a party potty at a Valentine's Day rave. Okay, that's um, uh, that's yeah, <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I I was like rolling. Actually, let me like pull up this video and I'll have it on like the screen because it's actually pretty fucking funny. I'm trying to think if I've that had is sex. His I've... dick ring and just. First thing that pops in my camera. Trying to think if I had sex in a porta potty. I don't know if I have. See, again, I was told I did, but I have no memory. But like, I think I might have attempted to, but I was this, just like, 
Oh, yeah, she's wheeling and dealing in that one. Oh, my God, wait, but there's this video. I was just like, that was the first time anyone had ever put glasses on me. <laughs> like, those diffraction glasses. <laughs> so, yeah, I, w- I was figgity fucked up, and I was, like, ecstasy in love with this guy. I went yeah, to go visit like, him the week after, but... Um, so in love, you're fucking in a porta potty. Like, that's like, we, yeah. we fell in love in a hopeless, in a hopeless place kind of love right there. Yeah, <laughs> and my friend said I left and was like, I'm going to fuck this guy in the porta potty. I came back and I was like, I did it. And I'm like, how do I have zero memory of any of this? I never asked him. Because did you ever talk to that guy ever again? Or was it just no, like yeah, a No, yeah, I actually time? visited him the weekend after, but I didn't find out about this till like years after. I was oh, like, so you- <laughs> I, no, it was like way after the time. Like, I don't even think I have his number anymore. My friend was like, yeah, you fucked that guy in the porta potty. And I was like, no, I didn't. She's like, no, yeah, you did. You were like, I'm gross anyways. Like, well, fuck it. Porta potty sex. Yeah, that's. that's yeah, how- <laughs> that poor guy. Because I actually visited him the weekend after. And we just, we didn't have the spark that we did when we were both on ecstasy. Oh, yeah. Actually, that just adds a whole different um, dimension of feels to it. That sure. poor man. Because I fucked him like three or four times because I like stayed with him for that weekend in uh, Phoenix. And I've seen him at, uh, I saw him at a bar that he was working. And he's like, hey, Adelia. And I just like stared at him blankly because I. You're like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> could not remember him for the life of me. That happened two other times. So there's been times where you've had sex with someone and you didn't remember them. I did not remember his face at all. And like. Then so how was that interaction? How was that interaction? You having sex with someone and they were like, hey, Adelia. You're like, who the fuck are you? Like, how did actually- that? How did that? How did that pan out? Not the fans want to hear. We yeah, hear yeah. This. The first time he just like like his face kind of fell. Justin, like <laughs> Justin, Justin, Justin. And then I would like ask one of the other raiders. I'm like, is this like Justin? I don't know some last name. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, oh my god. And then that happened again at Ultra Miami, where he's like, hey, like funny running into you here. <laughs> I was like, who are you? He's like. Justin. Justin, if you're listening, you have a mediocre dick. I am so... It's, it's okay. You do have mediocre dick. <laughs> However, it's just like, I wasn't even trying to be mean. It, it happens. I mean, for me personally, there's been girls... Because I've been shooting porn for... A long time ten, yeah. A long time now. I've had over... I've shot over like 1,500 scenes. Yeah. So there's been times like a girl's come up to me like, hey, Damon, hi. Like, yeah. I'm like, hey, nice to meet you. They're like, we've had sex. I'm like... Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it happens like if it wasn't memorable or if it was a bad experience, I block out the traumatic or bad experiences because it's like I don't remember that. (laughs) So did it happen? Yeah, there's video. So I guess it did. There's this is really sad. But there is a guy who we fucked and he asked my friend on like we fucked. Was this like a a threesome? No, no, no. Like me and him fucked like me. Okay, okay, got it. And then he asked my friend on a date dash like uh, two days later. And she's like, you just fucked my friend Adelia. He, like, looked at a picture of me. He's like, I don't remember her. And then he saw me in person, and it was, like, a bathing suit. It was, like, a pool party. And he recognized my butt. And he didn't recognize... He was like, oh, yeah. He's like, Not hit, my I hit face. That, I hit that shit from the Does, back. That means I have a butterface, right? Like, that has to mean I have a butterface. It's just... <laughs> I, this was before all the fillers, and... I, I remember that ass, though. He remembered that ass. <laughs> but... We were both really, like, I just, why do people take so much Xanax? Like, that just makes zero sense to me. Like, you're not just not going to remember the night. Like, I drank, I drank, like, so, like, bottles of Fleischmann's. Like, I was always fucked up, but it's, like, so this, blacking this out. So this porta potty story, was this in college? Yeah, freshman year. What's another, any other crazy college sex stories? Because I know you went to a pretty notorious party school. I have a lot. University of Arizona, if you guys don't know, is a fucking crazy party school in yeah. Tucson, Arizona. There's got to be some other juicy stories you have from I mean, college. I blame the wrong guy for giving me chlamydia, but I've already talked about that. <laughs> um, I was just raw dogging a few guys. <laughs> Did you get run through by a frat? And what frat was it? Kappa Sig, Kappa Alpha Sig. Sig. Oh, so there's a couple. Pike, I've only fucked two guys from Pike. SAE, I think I've only fucked one guy. Was there a Sig up there? Sigma Phi Epsilon? 
they got kicked off. Okay, I was in I, the, I was so. in I was in Sigup. Yeah. yeah. Were, you oh no, were, SAE I did run through a few guys. You weren't in a sorority, were you? No. Okay, so you were just like the, the fraternity okay, I got it. Yeah, yeah I yeah. I was like such a like I loved the frats. Like I loved being at the frats. I just like I didn't relate to sorority girls a lot, but I related to frat guys a lot. And um me I was on a podcast recently where we kinda got back down to the bottom of it. It's that most guys don't feel shame about a lot like sex and stuff like that. And I also don't feel shame. So it, I just got along with them a lot easier, but a lot of like <laughs> the shameless returning guys with no standards and yeah. just fucking whatever. Yeah. But when I've I was like before. 18 and like a lot of these other college girls were 18, there's a lot more like, do I look good in this? Do I look bad in this? Like come to the bathroom with me. And I just like was not down for that at all. I'm just like, I just want to drink flashmans with like the boys. So when would you say your sluttiest year in college was freshman year and my senior year? I agree. I feel like a lot of people, their sluttiest years are freshman year because you're going to college. It's your first time out of the house. It's like, it's let's before go I discovered fucking... a vibrator. Oh, wow. So when I was like 19, I Tell had Tell us the story. Just... Tell us your first vibrator story. Oh, my like, God. What so was this like? I was swiping on Tinder. Okay. And there was a guy who we were, he like sent me a dick pic right away because like I was on Tinder to fuck. I wasn't pretending like I'm trying to go I, on dates. It would have been dangerous if I had Tinder in college. We still had like Facebook chat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have Instagram just popped up, Twitter. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. We were just Snapchatting and he's like, I'm going to make you come tonight. And I was like, no one's ever made me come. Good luck with that. He's like, oh no, I'm going to make you come. As soon as I get there, he like sh- gives me a whole bottle of wine. He's like, drink this. It was just automatically so daddy. I'm like, Okay, you don't have to tell me to drink twice. I'm like 19 fucking alcoholic in college. <laughs> then he puts on a blindfold and a gag on because he said I talk too much, which is fine. I oh, talk wow, a lot. That's, that's a <laughs> and then he tied me up. So I didn't know what was going on. He like tied me up on all ends of the bed. And then all of a sudden, like I hear a vibrator, but I didn't know what this a vibrator is, was at like the time. This is like 50 Shades of Grey stuff right here. Yeah. This guy was, ex- this, he must have been a senior or something. He knew what he was doing. No, he was like 26. Okay, I was going to say, this isn't a fre- like no, yeah. no freshman guy in college is pulling out the tricks no. like that. No, no, no. So then he brought out a vibrator and all of a sudden I squirted. I didn't know I squirted. I didn't know girls could squirt. I was like, was that you who just came? He's like, no, that was you. And I was like, like I was because I was like squirming, but I was tied up so I couldn't like do anything. Oh, my God. It was great. And then we fucked and then he never talked to me again. Oh, wow. So he just he had followed me on Instagram. He just hit it and quit it. He just tooted it and booted it. (laughs) Sayonara. Like, like, I don't know. I feel like. I do feel like my personality ruins it for so many guys, but my personality is what I'm most secure about. I'm most insecure about my looks, and from my experience, most guys want to fuck me for my looks, and then my personality, they're like, God, fuck. Why does she have to be this where's, way? Where's the gag ball? Yeah. <laughs> no, I've had, I've had about three guys gag me because they're like, shut up. Oh, so you... <laughs> shut the fuck up. This is a trend right here, the gag thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say I probably wasn't going for the best guys. They were just like, please shut up. Yeah, they were just there for the pussy, you know? Yeah, yeah. just like, yeah, they're like, I'm, I'm here to nut. Just, yeah. just give me what I need. One time what put me in a bag, gag ball was I was like, took his dick and started whipping it around and made elephant noises. And that <laughs> was a gag ball. I think I would have gagged her too. <laughs> <laughs> just shut the fuck up, bitch. <laughs> if you don't have a gag ball, uh, balled up underwear work, socks, whatever you can, you know, towels, you can figure it out. Yeah. So if you don't have a gag ball in hand, there's other ways that you can gag a girl. Just, uh, yeah. just insider tip right there. What are my other crazy sex stories? Like... Just fucking in Vegas when I was on acid and ecstasy, and I'm like, hit my head against all you. So, with, uh, the, the kids at home, I think we would call that candy flipping, right? I think so. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your girl was figgity. Um, me and him actually had so much crazy sex. 
Cause it's like he also had like a sugar daddy king, so he'd be like, take my credit card and like go buy us drinks and stuff. And I like that was my first time really being spoiled like that. Not that I was even into him, but I was into the things he would buy. So tell us about your your sugar daddy experience. It wasn't like, even was a real it? sugar daddy. It was like he he like bought my flight to like come visit him, and it's like it was his first year out of college. We went to college together, and it's like he just started making a lot of money as a, something like a broker or something. So he's more of like a splendid daddy, not yeah, like a real sugar not, daddy. Not a yeah, real okay. sugar daddy. No, he just liked to like spend a lot. <laughs> of money and show me how much money he was making but like at the time I was kind of into it because I'm like yo this last guy I was fucking was dead he's broke like, I'm fucking this broke frat boy he like, this guy's and- out of college he's yeah. got a job he's making 50k a year he's balling and shit he's, he was an ex-frat boy so it still worked for everything I was going for now I feel I mean I just loved frat boys like no one understands the alcoholism <laughs> bond that I have like frat boys do <laughs> So on the topic of, topic of frat boys, uh, I know one of your favorite shows is Blue Mountain, Blue Mountain State. State. Tell us a little bit about Blue Mountain State. Why it's your favorite show? Like, give Dude, us some funny stories about Blue Mountain State and why it's such an awesome, it is the epic show. Raunchiest show, like Thad Castle. You just you can't beat a character like Thad Castle. I know other people would try to like recreate characters, but like I just remember seeing like the first episode of Blue Mountain State <laughs> and being like, uh, "Excuse me." <laughs> <laughs> I just remember being like. Oh my god, like girls really just show up in like bras and underwear to like guys' places and they just wanna fuck. And I'm like, oh my god, like people are just gonna wanna fuck. No, I had to work to be fucked in college, okay? I was bottom <laughs> of the fucking barrel. What college did you go to? Shit. I was like, these girls throwing themselves and like guys also, like, I, I don't know why I was bottom of the barrel. I was bottom of the barrel now. Though, and guys still think I'm gross, probably because I have OnlyFans, but like, <laughs> they were like, in college, it's like, I'd be like, if we were the last two at the party, they'd be like, oh, fine, you can come home with me. Oh, God. <laughs> and I, I looked pretty similar to what I do right now, so. What is your favorite episode of Blue Mountain State? I love the Oksana one where they all fuck the same pocket pussy and they all get syphilis. I love the one where Thad's sister becomes, or half sister becomes a stripper. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, the first one is was like. That, was that the one? No. Was that the one where the, they, he got his engagement ring stuck in the yeah. stripper's pussy? Yeah. yeah. That, was, uh, that, that was a sticky situation. Yeah. The first one was like the hazing one with the cookies in the ass. That yeah. one's fucking hilarious. Oh, and then there was one that was really funny where like Sammy was trying to like top his like best jerk off story <laughs> and then like hit the guy <laughs> with his dick. <laughs> But, like, you just, you can't beat that kind of humor anymore. Yeah, like, you just can't. People get offended really easily, and it's like, okay, yeah, maybe some things you get offended by, but, like... That in Blue Mountain State came out when I was actually in college, yeah. and I was in a fraternity as well, and I was also an athlete, so, like, it was about these frat guys that were also athletes, football players. Yeah. I was like, this is, like, like I was seeing the similarities of what that was like in the college life. Yeah. I even I even bought my first pocket pussy because of that episode. I bought a guy a pocket I, I pussy a, because I bought a pocket pussy. <laughs> The funny thing is I would travel because I was on the track team. So like every spring we'd travel to a different country or different uh, universities around the country to compete. I had my my flashlight. It was actually a flashlight. The, uh-huh. the girl was uh, Raven Riley, OG girl. So I come back from a track meet. My pocket pussy's missing. I'm like, where the fuck did my pocket pussy? In, in, in Blue <laughs> Mountain State. In Blue yeah. Mountain State, that's like, where's my pocket pussy? Because his, his, his got stolen too. So I was like living in Thad's moment. I was like, yeah. I'm in Thad right now. My pocket pussy's gone. Someone stole it. One of my fraternity brothers actually climbed through the window and, like, stole it while I was out of town and was using it for, like, the whole semester. Finally came out that he had it. It was a whole ordeal. And, like, yeah, so I guess we're Eskimo bros. Yeah. (laughs) We love – yeah, I love that. I feel like I'm Eskimo bros with some of my bros, too. (laughs) Uh, All right, so we're going to turn it back a little bit. All right. So what advice would 15-year-old – or what advice would you give to your 15-year-old self? Like, if you at 25 – 
what would what advice would you give yourself in high school before you were to pursue life and all that? Your parents are a crazy girlfriend. It's not in your head. You're not fucking psycho. Love yourself a little bit more. Trust your instincts on red flags. And also to have pursued social media younger. Like I did. And honestly, I like built a pretty good following by my junior year of college. And my dad made me delete it if I wanted to like still get his support. So, so would you say you were an influencer in college? Were you, were you on that route? Were you trying to be I was a rave like, influencer. I wasn't okay, like it. a mainstream influencer, but like... Anyone in the rave scene in 2017, like, they knew my post. Like, 2017, 2018, like, they knew my post. So you were the rave girl. Yeah, like, I was, like, the poster rave child. Like, okay, I was cool. a lot of these rave pages profile picture for a long time. Whenever I went to a rave, I got recognized a lot. But I also got groped a lot, which meant I was a cunt. Like, now when people meet me, at least men, and they're, like, really excited, I'm like, hold, like, tone it back. Like, yeah. I am not trying to get my fucking vagina fingered or, like... If boobs groped or kissed without permission so I'm a lot cuntier now but like cuntier. that took off and I see that with a lot of porn stars too because these guys that watch their favorite porn star all year round yeah. and then they finally meet them say it like AVN they're like oh like because they've Touchy. been they, yeah. they, they've been having sex with this girl all year uh-huh. this girl has no fucking idea who you are Yeah, Bob from Oklahoma like <laughs> why are you fucking grab my ass like you don't know me so yeah. it's just like there's that that uh, that dynamic where you know these people are performers they're in these fans' lives, like, every day. Mm-hmm. Like, they know you inside and out, but when these the performers are finally meeting these fans, it's like, I don't know who you are. So it's a very yeah. weird dynamic sometimes. Men just feel very entitled to you because they get to see you online, they get to chat with you. But this is before OnlyFans was even a thing. I was just, like, that rave girl who, oh, my God, a lot of people knew me from, like, <laughs> they're like, this girl needs to go to security. She took a little too much ecstasy. So then I stopped taking ecstasy for a while, and then I got on acid, and then I was really mean to people because... That'll definitely open up some windows, the acid acid thing. Yeah, I was, I'm just like mean to people on accident. Like, I'll think we're having friendly banter. And I was like, you're Oh, so on acid, you're mean? Yeah, but like, I'll think we're having a friendly conversation. And then I'll be like, why do you have an Android? Like, do you like being a loser? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sex on acid. What are your thoughts? So fun. It is so fun. It is just like. Like, do you just feel like you can peer into this person's soul? Like, what are you feeling? Like, is it more intimate? Is it more, you're seeing more visual, more feel? Oh, it's rougher. I mean, I always like it rough. I'm not like a big sensual, like, let's slow it down. Actually. It's like, fuck me up, daddy. Yeah, fuck me up. There was a guy who I fucked, like, I thought that we were going to end up dating. Like, he thought that too. We, like, went on a few dates. Like, he actually made an effort. It was really cute. He was, like, before our first date, he, like, listened to my podcast and started, like, just making references. And I'm like, that is, like, so cool. But while we're having sex, he's like, I know you like it rough, but can we just, like, slow it down for a minute? And, like, I swear my vagina oh, just, dried up. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, I want to go to bed. Like, I don't oh, even. He was, try- he was trying to wipe it up. Like, he was trying to take it, like. I don't, I don't like sex like that. And the fact that he was like, I know you like it fast, but let's slow it down. And I was just like, oh. Everything about that sentence was just ew to me. So on the on the topic of oohs and icks and ahs, what are your red flags with guys and dating guys? So what are three three red flags for you? If they're possessive at all, like if I even sense like the tiniest bit of jealousy, I'm turned off because I'm like one of the most loyal people ever. I'm really loyal until you do something to make me not loyal, but I'm like loyal until then. Mm-hmm. So, like, for anyone to be jealous over, any, unless you're joking about it, like, ha babe, I saw all these men flirting with you. Like, do you think I have a shot? Like, that would be different. But if someone is like, yo, I don't want you talking to these men, automatic, that's done. They're not letting you be friends with guys just because they have a penis. Yeah. Which is, that happens a lot in relationships. Guys are very protective and they don't allow friends. It goes for both ways. Yeah. Like, I've had relationships where, you know, an ex-girlfriend, like, oh, I don't want you to be friends with other girls. 
just because like they have a vagina. I'm yeah. not like having sex with them. I'm not sexually attracted. They're my friends, but it becomes tough sometimes. You know, people have their getting their feels and get jealous. It's it's a natural thing. That's something more people should be attuned to. It's like just because someone's the opposite sex, like some don't- of my best friends are guys. And here's the thing, because almost all of my guy friends will tell you that they have seen me fart and burp enough to never be sexually attracted <laughs> to me. So it's like I know for a fact, like unless we were both blacked out, which we shouldn't be fucking anyways, like they would not fuck me. They would never fuck me sober at least. And I think that's what counts. <laughs> <laughs> so would you say you have more guy friends or more girlfriends? Okay, I'd say I have more close girlfriends and I have close guy friends, but I have a lot of guy friends. It's just like with guy friends, sometimes it's hard to talk to them about their feelings because they don't even know what their feelings are. So yeah. like that's where the patriarchy affects both men and women because it's like we'll be like some of my guy friends are like, fuck, I hate when you cry on your story. And I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of your problem and not mine. Yeah, um, guys are a little less attuned to their emotions just yeah. because we're try to we're the strong guy so we don't show emotions as much. Uh-huh. That's that's one of the perils of being a guy because yeah. we got to be the strong one so it's like it's harder for guys to really show emotions. It's like I a woman it's a woman's thing to do. Yeah. So I, I know a lot of guys that struggle with like that because they have to be a macho guy they can't mm-hmm. show weakness because people associate weakness with emotion. Yeah. Which is, you know, Actually, I think you have to be it, really strong to show emotion. Yeah. It's, and I think that's a societal norm that should, you know, more people should look into and consider um, because even like suicide rate, it's high, way higher in men Yeah, because men like we're not talking to other guys about it for the most part. We're not going to like, you know, you women, girls, they'll get together. They'll talk about the problems. Like they got people to talk to guys. Yeah. We're not doing that. We're like holding it in for the uh, most part. Although I will say a lot of my guy friends have had little breakthroughs. Like that's good. That's oh. good. It's good to be able to talk about it yeah. and having, you know, I, I, me personally, like I feel more comfortable talking to my girlfriends about my issues than guys. It's yeah. just like tell another guy about it. It's, it's, it's tough. Yeah. But like having a girl, like it's like, oh, I can talk to you about this. I feel a little less weird talking to a girl about it. Uh huh. You know, I, for me personally, I can open up more to women. But I, again, everyone's different. Yeah. But guys out there, don't, don't be afraid. Don't feel shy. I love to talk guys about things. Um, you know, we, we go through things too. We have hearts, we have feelings, we have emotions. So don't, don't feel afraid to like lo- talk about that, and let those things out. Cause if you do keep things pent up, it could, you know, lead to bad things. So bad. Another red flag is for sure, like, guys who care only about money and they think that their biggest value in life is, like, providing money. Yep. My dad was for sure like that. Like, the only value he ever brought to my life was money. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, I need, like, someone who can emotionally connect to me and, like, who's passionate about life. Like, I would much rather date someone who is, like, poor. Well, not broke because I did that and I ended up paying for everything. But, like, someone who's, like, average, like, I don't know, maybe a little more than 30K a year so that you can actually, like, afford things but, like, not where... I like, I just, I love passion. I love when you're doing something that you feel passionate about. So question, would you rather date a guy with a big dick? He fucked you good, made you come. Yeah. Didn't, he made minimum wage or a guy that was a millionaire and he didn't really make you come. Uh, much rather the guy who made me come. Cause I want to be my own millionaire. Like there you I, go. I, yeah. I really don't plan on relying for a man for money in the slightest. That's good. Cause a lot of not generalizing, but a lot of females, they look to the guys to support them. But yeah, now I, I see, especially with, and we'll, we'll segue into like OnlyFans and, and that side of sex work, um, there's a lot more empowered women, a lot more females that are taking care of themselves. They're not rela- relying on men to take care of them. So yeah. with the advent of OnlyFans and, you know, entrepreneurs that uh-huh. you, you women are, like that's been really, it's been a huge boom of like very self-sufficient and powerful, empowered women yeah. that take care of themselves. They don't, 
like, they don't need sugar daddies anymore. They no. are their own. You are you are your so own sugar many mama. Men are mad. Men are pissed. Oh yeah. Because all of a sudden we don't need them for shit. Like girls, if their if their boyfriend was supporting them and then they break up, her first instinct like, oh, I'm gonna go make an OnlyFans. Like I'm gonna make this money, and it pisses men off because they don't have the control over us that they used to. Yeah, that, I've seen that dynamic, and there's a lot of guys that they lose that power. Yeah, because that's all they had to offer. They all they had to offer is that money, and now they don't have it because these women can support themselves. Yeah. So. You got all this money, you got a little dick, but <laughs> and that's a real thing too. It's like little dick syndrome. Like yeah. you know, guys will overcompensate with you know being flashed with the money, the big cars, big mm-hmm. trucks. You know, people will really like push that side of things. Yeah, overcompensate. I guess my last red flag that I noticed with a lot of guys is just like they haven't sought out therapy, life coaching, like any kind of help. Like it doesn't have to be therapy, but like you have to seek out something to like help yourself. And that's like my last red flag. Yeah. Like my requirement is like you've had to have worked on yourself and not just like work on yourself because I want you to work on yourself because then you're not actually going to do shit. That's something good that guys should look into. Is therapy. Yeah. Anyone that has any issues, uh, therapy is always a good way to, to work through those things. Because exactly. you can take all the acid and mushrooms in the world. To There's ways you can work through it like that. Mushrooms help, but like, psychedelics, but you need, sometimes you need someone to really pick you apart inside and out to really identify what those underlying issues are. Yeah. And then once they can identify that, because again, we we're talking about earlier, like it's hard to self-diagnose of what your problems really are because Being you're, you're, you're going to, you're going to sugarcoat it and be like, Oh, I'm fine. Like, yeah, if someone else can, can point that out for you. It makes things a lot easier to cope with and kind of figure out, all right, I need to do a, B and C to help out with X, Y, and Z. Exactly. Exactly. And the one thing I will always say is like men are like, Oh, girls only ever like tall men, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, I've been so emotionally attracted to someone that it's like, they don't have to be like deathly skinny. They don't have to be super tall. It's like, I'm so connected to energies. Energy is so. a big thing. Yeah. A lot of people look at the physical, but. Like the physical is what will first attract me to you. But like talking to you will either ruin it or spark it up more. Mm-hmm. Or I'll talk to someone that I had no physical attraction to. But then we talk and I'm all of a sudden like wet. And I, I've learned that in my in my career with the adult industry. Like I've shot with the top porn stars in the world. Like who you would say are the hottest girls in porn. Yeah. I've shot with the tens that they're like a, a two in personality. Yeah. Like there's, they're just dead inside. There's nothing there. Like I'd rather shoot with the girl that to me is like a five uh-huh. that has like a 10 personality. She's great. She wants to be there. She's enjoying herself, like fun conversation. Like, so people try to get by on looks only. Like it doesn't get you that far yeah. in this profession or in life. So it's like, I've seen both aspects. These girls try to be like, Oh, I'm like hot shit. I know, if, I always... if you're, if you have a bad attitude and you're, you're a bitch, like that's just, that's like ultimate um, red flag. That, that's a boner yeah. killer for me. Like if you don't have a personality, or you don't want to be here, and you think you're hot shit. You think you're con- you're conceited. You're better than one else. Like, Are you thinking of the same person? Uh, mm, There's one. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I met this girl, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I'm obsessed with you. She went, "Hmm." I'm like, <laughs> you "Used to follow me." Wait, what was I, I that base for? I could, I'm it's one of two people I could probably think would yeah. be like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like that. I was on my feelings hurt. So did you meet this person at AVN? Yeah. Okay. So talk, let's talk about AVN. Was this your first AVN? Yeah. So tell us about what was your AVN experience like? What were the what was your highlight of AVN? I hit a lot. <laughs> you hit a lot. I hit on the podcast room like the whole time. I did not like feeling like I was being herded like cattle. I don't like feeling like just an object. Mm-hmm. And I think at AVN, I did feel that way a lot, especially when I was like standing at the booth and I was being told to just like look pretty or you have to do this or you have to do that. It's just like, I didn't like that feeling. I don't. And I think a lot of my sexual burnout has been from, 
you know, being told what to do and how told, to manage your, your career and whatnot. Yeah. So I just didn't like that. Like my highlights at AVN were the going out, the making YouTube videos, the doing podcasts and getting to like meet people. I mean, even some of the fans were like really nice. Did you meet some people that were fans? A few, but I was only there for a few hours yeah. and then I dipped and hid. <laughs> I didn't tell anyone I was going. I didn't make any posters. Like it's a crazy experience running into fans. Um, yeah. Cause I was like kind of scared for my safety and not, I mean, I, I don't know if I should be, but it's like, yeah, no, m- most are harmless but there's yeah. you know, every once in a while there's a fan that gets a little touchy-feely like yeah, there's and some I've, fans that need to be escorted out for you know pushing the boundaries and even when I was like uh, big in raves I, I would say I'm still kind of big in raves but I don't know like I used to be really big and recognized all the time it's like I would get groped so much let alone at like a literal sex like sex award show <laughs> so I just like wanted to protect myself and obviously probably talking to me you can tell I have a lot of trauma around that kind of shit mm-hmm. so I would prefer not to push my boundaries. So do you see yourself going back to Avian this next year? I want to go for the content. I don't want to go as a sex worker per se. I want to go as like a content creator, like filming YouTubes, filming podcasts, um, doing all of that other stuff that isn't necessarily me being put on a pedestal in lingerie and like people yeah, just staring at me. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a lot of Avian is kind of parading around and like obviously I've been in the industry for 10 years now. I see the pros and cons of Avian. I mean, I, a, a lot, lot of a my lot, friends oh, were getting so fucked it, up. It's, it's overwhelming for a lot of girls because there are a lot of fans in person like, you know, they're like, it's very intense. There's a lot of yeah. energy. There's hundreds, thousands of people like, you're my favorite porn star. Like just going, uh-huh. just spewing it. So it's, it's difficult, but at the same time, they're spending money on you. They're your fan for a whole year. Yeah. Like I tell the girls, like, just give them these four days. Yeah. Let them be the fans. It's only in person these few days. And then you have the rest of the year where you have your online kind of working relationship or like fandom uh-huh. with them. So, because I remember uh, when I was at AVN, uh, we were go- going to dinner after one of the days of signing. These girls were like, oh, like these fans, blah, blah. I'm like, how are you, how are you paying your bills? Because of these fans, like yeah. you got to give them a little, little respect. You're yeah, like, yeah. You just got to deal with them for these few days. Show them a good time. Smile. See, my problem isn't them. meeting the fans because, like, I've met a lot of fans just, like, I remember when I used to walk my dog at my old apartment building. Like, someone came up to me and he's like, are you deals? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, I sub to you. And it's like, I have no problem meeting fans. I have a problem with being told, like, what to do and being herded and, like, treated less than a person. Yeah, it's it's definitely with uh, the agencies for sure. They Yeah. That's their show and tell. Like, this, this is... <laughs> These are my girls, like, yeah. you know, it's Like, it's I would even hurting. get food with one of my fans. It's like, I have FaceTimed some of them. Like, my friend, his cousin, was, like, a huge fan of mine. And it's like, I'll FaceTime them, like, just being like, hey, what's up? So my problem isn't really with the fans. It's more with, like, the culture and just being overwhelmed. And it's like, I mean, even some of my girlfriends, it's like, one of my best girlfriends, she has problems, like, setting boundaries. So she was just getting really drunk because all these guys were, like, asking to take pictures with her and, like, were getting a little too touchy. And it's, like, she was really uncomfortable, but it's, like, she felt like she couldn't stand up for herself because it's AVN, like, this is where everyone has yeah. sex. Which and I can't relate because I would be a bitch. But, <laughs> like, I, it is a problem. And I, I get uncomfortable seeing that happen to other women because I want to intervene, but then I just seem like the bitchy friend. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely different. Uh, me as a guy, it's, like, we don't have the same fans as like the females yeah. it's like we can kind of a lot of my relax. guy friends like have said back and it's like it, it's more enjoyable for us guys because yeah. we're not getting like we're we have fans but we don't have fan fans like that you know we're not like oh my god like the girl the girls are the stars we're just we're just meat sticks we're props we're, we're there yeah. to make the girls look it do you want to have your ego stroked a little bit a lot of my sure. guy friends said that they use your dick for prop dick they <laughs> use 
like, Ex- explain or like, that. Or, I, I wait, not prop dick. Wait, what is it? Like they masturbate to your dick with girls. Like they pretend. Like they so like to they, pretend they, like your dick. They watch my porn. To yeah. Pretend. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> you have a nice stick. What can they say? Yeah. <laughs> Are you turning a little red? <laughs> but that's, that's the thing, too. It's like even when I got even before I got into porn, like when I was watching porn as like a teenager or whatever, what I noticed was there wasn't a lot of good looking guys in porn. I was like, I could do this because there's not a lot of good looking guys. Like oh. and like even when I was like watching porn, like I'd want a semi decent looking guy like having sex with a girl. Like, yeah, because I know if she's having sex with some troll. Like she's not enjoying it. Like Ron Jeremy, like you really think that girl's enjoying that? Like. So it's like, I want to I see, see some real shit. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I, I was like, all right, there's not a lot of good link guys. I can come in and do this. I definitely was able to like carve my niche with that. Yeah. And also it's like, it's cool because I'd say 90%, 80% of porn consumers are men uh-huh. and they're watching for the females. Yeah. So it's like, I've always had like frat boys that are fans or like gay guys that are fans. Yeah. Like I've never had many, like I've had girls that are fans, but over the past couple of years, there's been more attention and focus on the guy performers. Mm-hmm. Like there's been more porn for like made for women. Oh yeah. Like, like Blessa. So oh, and I, Gray. I work all, like yeah, I work a lot with Blessa. So it's like it's porn that's like more I guess they call it ethically ethically uh curated porn. Okay. And I, it's more like the lovey dovey romance stuff. So it's like stuff that more women watch. So it's like I was doing more of that, getting more female fans. I'm like, wow, I actually have like hot girls that are fans. Like that was yeah. such a three sixty for me. I was like, I actually enjoy this. I take it back. My whole house would probably be Owen Gray. Owen Gray? Yeah, because I, I don't I wouldn't want to fuck him right now just because like I think I have a lot of trauma to work through just like sexually before. Mm-hmm. And I would want to do that with someone who actually like I care about and care about me because like what some random guy that I'm fucking is going to like work through my sexual. Tra- like, no, that's yeah, he, he's an aggressive performer, too. Oh, got, I love it. I, he, I love he, it. He, he, but Owen I need to take work. charge. Yeah. Yeah. But I just need to like work through my own shit with like and then he can be a hall pass. Yeah, I've, I've done a couple orgies. And Owen's been in it too. Like, so we've, we've, we've done some work together for sure. Owen, 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 Owen does well. The side of TikTok where it's like uh, guys will send their girlfriends like, "Oh, I didn't know you like tattoos," and like this girl was like, "I don't." And then he sends pictures of Owen Gray's like just his mm-hmm. black, and she's like dot 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 <laughs> with like the music. <laughs> so you're talking about your uh, your male porn celeb, more male porn crush. Yeah. Who's, who's your favorite female porn star? Megan Rain. Oh, a thousand percent. I don't know why I had to think about that. It's Megan Rain. Megan Rain. Yeah, tell, yeah. tell us why you like Megan Rain so much. Her energy, like she's just so cute and like also just the way she fucks. I feel like she kind of makes jokes while she's fucking mm-hmm. or like, I mean, at least I take it as funny. I like like comedy porn. Like pe- <laughs> people who buy my content on OnlyFans say that like they've never bought content like mine because I am cracking jokes while I'm squirting. It's like they really enjoy that because it's refreshing and it's different. <laughs> and it's like not that she like cracks jokes to like that extent, but it's like I like she's the giggly, cute. She's giggly, yeah, I but like that. But the thing is with Megan, because I've shot with her several times, she's like a cute little girl. Like, you would think she's... She in, fucks in, in person, she's like the sweetest, nicest... Oh, like, really? She's a sweetheart. Like, yeah. she's such a nice... Literally one of the nicest people I know on this earth. When she's fucking, she's a fucking animal. Like... She turns this little sweet. She's like a sour patch. She's like, yeah. first they're sweet. Or like, then like, they're sour. Dude, she just fucking Because she's a brat. She's what... Oh, yeah. She's like... She's like one of those girls like, fuck me harder type. Like, she's yeah. like, just loves getting it. Like, I'm yeah, yeah no, she's, she's a thousand percent like I I would expect her to be up there with like Mia Malkova and Sophie D. Like I think that she should be like as big as them, but she is. She is in her like people that are real porn fans, like Megan Rain's an OG. Yeah. And that's that's the thing her. that sucks sometimes. Like she's had her Instagram deleted a few times. Like yeah. she would be at that level of millions and millions of followers, but yeah, you know, yeah. a lot of these girls, they've been deleted so many times, like they would be in the five to ten million follower range. So yeah. You know, she is an OG. Like, she's been doing it for, 
uh, she's been in porn as long as I have been. Like, I remember we were at our first AVN at the same time. Uh-huh. I remember the first time I saw her, I was walking into the Hard Rock at the time, which is now a virgin. And, like, I'm walking into the building. I see her sitting. I knew who she was. Uh-huh. I was a porn fan. And I see her sitting there, like, all cute by herself. I'm like, she's so cute. <laughs> I was like, I, was like I went up to her. I was like, are you okay? Like, you need help? Like, yeah. I was just, like, being a nice helper. I was just like, oh, I'm just waiting for my friends. And, like, my uh-huh. first interaction, I was like, this is, like, the cutest, sweetest girl ever. And yeah. I love Megan. She's a, a friend of mine. Um, we're going to have her on as a guest. I know. I'm really excited. This week. So I hopefully mean, you don't fangirl too much. Like, okay. I can. I was. <laughs> I feel like girls can fan hard, fangirl harder than guys because it's like. Should we tell her that you're a fan or just kind of break it to her once? I, I think we keep it a secret. Oh, I think like on the podcast, we'll be podcast like, so yeah. your bang bro scene. <laughs> yeah, you just, you just like hit her with like her anthology. Like, all right, this yeah. scene here, this scene here. <laughs> your blacked scenes. Is that what it's called? Blacked? Blacked, yes. Yeah, I've, I've watched a lot of her porn, but I always go back to her Bang Bros one. Like, it is just so fucking fun. Is this, like, a Bang Bus one? The Bang Bus, yeah, because it's, like, she fucked a few tall, skinny, like, my type of guys, too. <laughs> so it was just all around, like, the, a great the porno. Ones. Yeah, the sickly-looking ones. I've also watched some of her, like, stepdaughter porn scenes. Oh, yeah, she's, she's been my uh, stepsister, I think, <laughs> Like, oh, wow, I didn't know we were going to be home alone. God, that would be so weird if you actually, like, look at someone like a brother. Yeah, it's, uh, I have... A lot of porn stepsisters in the game. It's yeah. Kinda like, you can't like, even say that on OnlyFans. Oh, uh, you can't say step? I don't think so. <sighs> yeah. Well, now I got gray hair, so now I'm like the stepdad. I can't I can't be a yeah. step. That, that role, like, for some reason, when I got COVID three years ago, like, I started going gray. Co- oh, okay. COVID aged me. So, yeah. Like, I was like stepbrother, got COVID. I got gray now, so, like, I'm, I can't. I was playing the college student up until, like, Probably like thirty two years old. I was I was I was holding on to that strong. You know what that reminds me of? Now I'm like the stepdad. I, I got Sammy being like fucking thirty something years old. <laughs> on what? On Blue Mountain State. State. Oh, yeah, like yeah. he was clearly in his thirties or forties yeah. playing a fucking college yeah, student. Yeah, so I was playing the college student for a minute. I was holding on for dear life, and then the one day I got the script. I was the step. I was like, wait, I'm the I'm the what step what? And I was like I was like. I'm getting old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but hey, it's uh, I feel like porn has kept me youthful. It's kept me young. I've discovered yeah. the fountain of youth, which is... <laughs> Having sex with new pussy because there's no uh, better pussy than new pussy. Even Megan go. Reigns. Oh, it's it's fabulous. It is. Yeah, it's great. I just have such a big crush on her. Maybe she'll show you when she's here. I'll be ah. seeing up close and personal. Oh, my God. And she's the kind of person she would just pull her pants down and just go to town. Like, she is yeah. no filter. Like, she's, <laughs> she, she's a wild one. Yeah, yeah. So we'll get, get away from the porn a little bit. Okay. Go a little dig dig into the personal life. Yeah. So you have a child. My dog? Your dog. Oh, yeah. I was like, let's, fuck let's, kids. Let's, let's <laughs> fuck talk, them kids. Let's, let's talk about wubs. Kill like, them who's, too. who's wubs? Like, that was how'd you get wubs? She was a stray. How'd you name wubs? Like, what's, what's the backstory on wubs? So I was, like, looking to adopt because I just started making a lot of money on OnlyFans. And I was, like, going to move out of Arizona, move out of living in a shitty roommate situation. And I was, like, looking at all these adoption sites. And my friend Mackenzie was like, Delia, like, I found a dog. Like, we have a non-refundable vacation that we've had booked for a long time. Like, can you please go watch her? I was like, okay. And she's like, I think you actually like her. Like, I think that you'll like this dog. And she named Wub Scamper because she was, like, very timid. And then as soon as I drove all the way from L.A. back to Arizona, I had to get her, like, wet dog food Instacarted to my friend's house. The first night, I was still really skeptical if I wanted her. because it, it wasn't Wub at first sight? No, I mean, <laughs> I liked her at first sight. 
But she was like very skittish, just kind of like a lot of anxious energy. Yeah, 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 for sure. And then um, she just started getting like very sassy. I was uploading OnlyFans content at like midnight or something like that, and like responding to a bunch of DMs and stuff. And Wubs came from her dog bed all the way back to the living room, like came out, went like looked at me, went. (laughs) like huffed and then turned back around. And then as she turned back around, it was like one of those girls in romance movies. She like looked back around, like, are you not coming? She did that three times. Oh, so, so she was like pulling deep, like she was yeah. getting attitude. I thought that was like first or second night. And then she like growled at the sink because she wanted to be pet. And it's like, I was paying attention to the sink and like not her. And I'm just like, and she was attached to me from the moment I went, like I met her, but it took me like a day or two to be like, all right, we're getting her name tags. Fuck the scamper bullshit. I'm naming her Wubs. Where'd you get Wubs from? Dubstep. Dubs. Wubs and Wubs. Dubs, Wubs. Yeah. Makes sense. (laughs) Does Wubs like Dubstep? No. She doesn't. No, because I tried DJing for a little bit. I thought that since I like Dubstep so much that if I DJed, it would just like, it was going to be love at first sight for, I hated DJing. I like being on the other side of the booth so much more. Like, it's it's just not fun yeah, for me. Yeah, it's a little different being on the performative side than it is on the consumer side, for sure. Well, I want to be dancing. It's like it's really hard because you have to focus and like just DJing never became fun There's for some, me. Some DJs they can still jam out and dance and have but a good time. But that's after years like, of some practice. Some are like they got to focus and be in the zone. Yeah, that's um, a lot of practice. We got a DJ over here. He's taking a little nap, but he he's a oh. performative <laughs> DJ. Like he likes to get the, get into the crowd. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would just be playing headbanger shit the whole time. <laughs> so wubs. Yeah, I love I love Dove stuff. Yeah. And I love Wubs. God, she is like my angel. Like I, I got a house for her. Like Like a doggy house or no, like no, a house no. house? Like a house house in a backyard for her. Like I could have Oh, you got you got a house for the dog. Yeah, because, I could, okay, got it. I could have gotten like somewhere a lot cheaper. A lot cheaper. But no, I got a house with a huge yard for her. <laughs> housing, in, housing in Los Angeles is pretty expensive, especially with the big yard. Yeah. What 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 city are you town are you in in LA? I don't want to say I'm here. Okay. <laughs> she's in Pasadena. Yeah, I'm far as fuck. Yeah. I'm in the, the valley. She's in the, in the valley. <laughs> Deep in the valley where you can't find her. Yeah, never find me. So if you weren't a sex worker, what career would you see yourself having? I've always seen myself doing something, just being like an internet persona, like having an online presence ever since I was little. Like I, Well, I mean... This is a sex worker, but I like looked up to the Playboy bunnies when I was like in middle school or like the Kardashians, but Mm -hmm. they're like an internet persona. So I always kind of saw myself doing that. And I think I am doing that with my podcast, except I don't think it's a a big persona that I'm putting on. Like what you see here is kind of how I talk outside Mm -hmm. of here. I just have a lot more energy when I'm talking here. Like, you know, I might be a lot more tired if you meet me in person, but it's like I'm always this person. It's definitely a different dynamic from doing something like this, which is long form content compared to like OnlyFans. Yeah, yeah. Because like when I do podcasts and people hear me talk, it's like, wait, you're smart. You do business because they see me as a porn star. But Uh if you don't know me, you don't know that, you know, I do other business ventures. I got other things going on in life. And and that's the misconception is a lot of adult stars. People just think, oh, we just fuck for money. Like we're just whores. But But a lot of my peers, like I've met some of the smartest most business savvy, like we were talking about Kazumi earlier, like there's some fucking smart ass people in this industry. Yeah. And you have to be smart to navigate the space and be successful and not be taken advantage of. So I, I've met like some, some of the most successful, there's adult stars making more money than people I know that are lawyers, uh-huh. people that went to law school and have degrees in this and that or specialize in this trade. There's adult stars that are making more money than fucking brain surgeons, which yeah. is just absolutely mind blowing. Yeah. But at the same time, it's not, it's just the world we live in. Like it's, it's a real, it's a real career now. 
Yeah. Like in the past, it wasn't a career. Like there was just porn. And now as independent producers and such things, OnlyFans, mm -hmm. someone that is a personality that you're not a porn star, but you can still monetize and exactly. do, do that. So that's uh, very cool that you're able yeah. to do that. Because I've been trying so hard to like make my brand not just being porn because I've noticed a lot of the girls who make the least amount of money on OnlyFans as their brand is only being porn. Mm -hmm. Because like people see them as like this sexy, hot, unattainable person. I am like very attainable. <laughs> I, I am the most attainable. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but you're not so attainable because, as your fans probably know, that you've been celibate for over a year now. It may, I feel like it makes them want me a little bit more. So that's like, they're like, can you, you you're saying you're saying attainable, but at the same time, it's like you're not giving up that cookie. No, not at like, all. Like it is fucking. You have that cookie up on a pedestal. Like it is fucking. It is up here being protected. You're like, I'm gonna wait for that next dick. Or the next pussy just fucking make me go crazy. Yeah. Like, so it's not like even that right there. Like, maybe. that's something that's like, oh, my God, like this yeah. girl's like fucking put her shit on a pedestal. But then like if I ever drop like any new boy girl content, like they'll go fucking crazy. Like I did a boy girl J.O.I. where I was just like telling him how to jerk off because mm -hmm. it's like I have a very strict like I don't want to touch any men policy right now. Like it just it'll make me very squeamish. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> well, when you want to make a video, just uh, let, let me know. <laughs> you can pop that cherry. <laughs> we can, we'll make you famous, girl. <laughs> well, I'm, I think my chlamydia will make me famous for <laughs> Hopefully, you don't have chlamydia, but <laughs> no. Here, I was telling him earlier how I haven't had sex in over a year, and every time I get tested for STDs, I think I'm going to pop up with something like, like. Oh my god! Like I have HIV all of a sudden. I had so I had no idea. So you're ghost chlamydia from like not having sex. Uh, it's one of my biggest fears. <laughs> it's like one of those things too. It's like when I test for COVID, even though I know I haven't been around people, I'm you're like, like what if I have it? Yeah, I can so see I I psych myself out. A it's, lot. it's a psychology thing. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're definitely mind fucking. You're like, damn, I haven't had sex over a year. Maybe I maybe I got something. Yeah, hmm. like maybe maybe that's why. My vagina. I don't know. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna go from sex to yeah, uh, yeah. we're gonna dig deep here. So recently you had a friend pass away. Yeah. Tell us how you were able to cope with the loss, um, kind of the process with that, uh, because there's a lot of people out here that are watching that have dealt with loss and pain in that aspect of their life. Um, what are some ways that you were able to kind of develop that pain and just get through it? Like, how, how do you see the light on the other side? Like, I know it's, again, you're probably yeah. not fully through it. But not at all. What are some ways that you've found yourself to be able to cope with that loss and lessons that you can teach other people that might be doing, going through that or might deal with that. Yeah, well, here was my strategy, and I don't know if this is, like, the right strategy, but, like, I stayed sober. I didn't go out. I honestly didn't really do anything for, like, a month and a half where I just, like, let myself feel anything and everything. I felt the sadness. I felt the anger. I felt the resentment. I felt... The only thing I feel like I didn't feel was regret because I always made it abundantly clear that I thought he had a problem. I always made it abundantly clear that I thought he was fucking stupid. And like when he died, I had no regrets over how I handled that mm -hmm. kind of friendship or relationship, whereas I know other people did. Yeah. So if you see someone kind of going through it, like fucking let them know. So then like if they do ever pass, like you won't have any. Yeah. Well, what if I did this or what if I did that? And that's something we touched on earlier is calling your friends out on their yeah. bullshit. Because again, it's you're you're their friend. You want to praise them and tell them what they're doing right. But a real friend will really set them down and be like, "You're fucking up. Yeah. You need your life together." Yeah, you know, it hurts to say. It hurts you to say. It hurts them. But at, it did at not the hurt end, me they, to say it at all. Yeah. So it's good. It's good to have friends. Um, if you're to take anything from this, like, yeah, if you see a friend struggling with something, 
uh, whether it's addiction, whether it's, you know, mental anguish, whatever that may be, whatever their issues, like help them out, call them out, yeah. like, be there for them. Yeah. Cause I mean, I know there were certain things he didn't like to talk to me about just because he, he did not like it when I nagged. And here's the thing, like if I'm your friend, like you're going to hear what I mm-hmm. want to say or have to say, but and here, like his other friends, honestly, like bless their fucking hearts. Like th- that says nothing about them. I think I have a lot of fiery rage in me and I'm mm-hmm. like a little brat. Like I tell people how it is and not everyone is like that. So yeah. like no one should feel guilty, but that's like how I got through it. And um, I've been taking mushrooms a lot and meditating and going to life yeah, coaching. So tell us a little bit about that because that's something that's um, a lot more people are learning about. It's yeah. obviously the government and the powers of be have always kept a plant medicine psychedelics away from us because it opens our brains and yeah. enlightens us and heal. It's they'd rather put us on pharmaceuticals and pills than and let I've us never use wa- the things grown from earth. I've never wanted to take like Lexapro or anything like that. Like every time I think about taking it, my body is just automatically like, no, I do not want to take that. Like it just, it does not feel right. I've been letting myself feel a lot of things to the point, like the past two ish weeks, I've been in like such a deep, deep depression mm-hmm. where it's like, I'm barely even crying at that point. Cause it's like, my body doesn't feel it's like strange. it has the energy yeah. to cry. How do, you when, see, how do you see yourself pulling out of that depression? Like, I got what? neurofeedback, um, which helps with anxiety and depression. And mm-hmm. she literally showed me in the chart where my PTSD flared up oh, so a lot. Showed the brain scan of yeah. what you're okay. My PTSD, my depression, so, like, healthy levels are about, like, a two or a three, maybe. Mm -hmm. My levels were all the way at, like, an eight for, like, everything. So after I did that, I was like, fuck, like, my body all of a sudden felt, like, relaxed for the first time in, like, weeks. I didn't have, like, really bad nightmares that night. So that helped a lot. Was it just being able to see how your brain was reacting and just being conscious of... No, the neurofeedback actually, like, rewires your brain. Oh, so they shock certain areas to rewire them. Pretty much. Okay, okay. I mean, you don't feel it shocking, but, like, you feel your body just starting to, like, sink. Like, oh, this feels nice. those of you that don't know, our bodies are... We're electrical beings. Yeah. Um, So everything, every action, every move, me moving my hands, me blinking, me talking, it's it's a... electrical synapses that happen within our bodies. Our brain is a central nervous system that Mm -hmm. is wired and connected to every part of our body. Yeah. So a lot of people, they don't realize when they have traumas, they have PTSD, those areas shut off and your processes, how they should be normally aren't firing. So that's good. A lot of people, you know, I'm sure some people might look into that. Yeah. Because I didn't know about the the rewiring and what you're telling about. Like, that's kind of cool, you know, to open up some things. It helps me so much but here's the thing neurofeedback doesn't do anything if you're not doing practices i mean it will like it'll work for like a day but you have to continue with Mm -hmm. your practices and it just helps you get through things because like you can do all the neurofeedback in the world you could do it every single day but if you're not doing the practices that help you and build your confidence and like like yourself it's yeah self-love you you have to put in the work yeah because our, our brains they are elastic and they can be reformed and reshaped if you have a way of thinking if you're traumatized from ptsd you know you can rewire your brain by doing whether it's psychedelics or training or what you're talking about these different areas so um, yeah. People being able to realize, like, if you have one way of thinking, like, it's not the end all be all. You're mm-hmm. not fucked. Like, there there are ways to cure yourself. There are ways to heal. Um, so if anyone's getting anything from this podcast, you know, look into those options, whether it's psychedelics or if it's therapy. Yeah. Talking to a friend. Um, because it's, we're living in a tough world now, tougher than ever, especially with all the things going on in society. Mm-hmm. Social media just amplifying things. Uh, a lot of people are fucked up mentally, especially post-COVID. Yeah. Um, I, I have a lot of friends and people that have, lost their jobs, lost their businesses. They got fucked up mentally or, or physically from COVID, from the vaccine, vaccine mm-hmm. injuries. So there's been a lot of health issues, both physically and mentally yeah. um, that I've seen in a lot of my peers and people I care about. But them knowing, you know, being able to t- t- turn to psychedelics 
or therapy that you're talking about, you know, there are ways to help cure and fix those things. I think the stem cells also help a lot because I was having no energy, like absolutely none. Like (laughs) I cannot emphasize how little energy I had. And then today I feel more normal than I have in a long time. And usually the stem cells do make me feel really tweaky, which just shows how little energy I had. Like I feel normal today, which like I should be like bouncing off the walls. So stem cells help a lot because, I mean, if you're not able to get up or do anything to move the energy in your body, you just get stuck in that depression and keep getting stuck. So stem cells are really expensive, but like NAD, mm-hmm. B12 shots, like there are a lot of things that could help, but you have to like want to help yourself. And, you know, I, I actually do feel okay today. And there haven't been many days since he died that I have felt okay. So we're, we're moving in the That's right good. direction. And that, and that I give you, uh, I give you credit for because I've seen like you're posting and you're like you going through the depression and sadness. Like a lot of people hold that in and it bubbles up inside and it breaks them up even more. Yeah. So I give you a lot of like respect for you coming out and you telling how you feel because there's a lot of people that are struggling with their own struggles, yeah. depression, friends dying. So you being a you're a light, you're a beacon of light for people that are going through other things. And you know it, it's them seeing your struggle. They it helps them analyze and see their own struggles. Within. Uh-huh. So mad respect for you for doing that. Like, I don't think you realize it, but like <laughs> people might think, oh, this girl's crazy. Like she's telling her like, like she's really, you know, pouring it all out. But that takes a lot of courage. Yeah. You know, you not holding back. Like that's a very strong thing. And, you know, hopefully there's some people that you help out and you save from your journey. I hope so. Uh, the other best thing is like having a good ass support system because exactly. there have been yep. so many 100%. people to like just come over and like cry or just like really help me through the dark times and if here's the thing paying for a therapist that could be your support system if you have no friends for whatever reason like pay a therapist and insurance insurance can cover too yeah so if you have health insurance that'll do it so those are so those are the things (laughs) all right well i think we talked about all ends of the spectrum yeah crazy sex stories to real life stories uh delia it was an honor and privilege to interview you on your podcast i hope you (laughs) all enjoyed this and uh Looking forward to the the other podcast we got for the rest of the week. We got oh, some yeah. good good uh, good guests lined up. You can find us at itsdeals.com and Spencer Michael Barrick. Spencer Michael Barrick on Instagram. If you want to find the freaky stuff, go to my Twitter at the Damon Dice. If you want to find the really 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 freaky stuff, go to Pornhub. Go- oh no, go to That's OnlyFans. That, I mean, I'm on Pornhub, but you got to go to OnlyFans. You know, give me a little <laughs> cut. Go to my OnlyFans. My OnlyFans is at Damon Dice Eight.